Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are covering Will and Grace Season 7, Episode 5, Key Party. Ooh, we're having a key party. You know, a key party is usually much sexier than this episode is. There's also normally more than one key. I mean, with this episode setup of characters, there definitely are characters who would be super into having a key party, but I feel like everyone would be disappointed. Speaking of key parties, you know what one of my favorite childhood ruining moments was? And I'm thinking of this specifically because there have been 8 million different Christmas commercials on TV already, because, you know, it's November 4th right? Um, when we're recording this, um, is the bit in the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch when his lesbian moms are hosting a key party when he floats down from... That is so adorable. From space or wherever he floats down from. Yeah, The Grinch is a great advocate for free love. And lesbians. And lesbians. Uh, let's go with the episode description, and then we're going to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Despite the fact that Will has never had a happy birthday, his new relationship with Vince, Bobby Cannavale, gives him hope that this one will be. Okay. First off, I just would like to to mention that I don't think we've seen one of Will's birthdays in several seasons. I think the last one was season one or two, and it was also a totally different time of year. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that one put him pretty firmly in November. Or well, so- this episode aired in the fall. That's true. I mean, it's not like... I think the last one is when he went ice skating, though. Oh, you're right. It was the one with the ice That was in January. Or whatever, and that was in January. Yeah. That's a very different time. Well, and yeah, I, that explains why Will's never had a good birthday, because he, he's forgetting why it is. Do you know that my great-grandmother actually didn't know when her birthday was? Really? Yes. The, the one that I'm named after, my great-granny Tessie, she um, immigrated to the United States in the, in the early 30s. And did not know what her birth date was because she had conflicting documents. Um, so they celebrated all throughout her, most of her life in December. But then it turns out she was actually born in November and they were celebrating her christening date. Oh, weird. And they found that out when she was like, mm, 75? Bummer. Yeah. So does she not remember celebrating it in November with, like, her parents? Or I like... mean, she was fleeing Ireland in the 30s. I feel like she was more concerned about, like, the lack of potatoes to eat. I mean, I guess, but, like... And the fact that her sister nearly died on the Titanic, like, that thing. I mean, I guess, but, like, I understand that potato famine was bad, but how long do you have to go without having a potato to forget when your kids are born? Yikes. Who even knew that was a side effect? I'm not sure birthdays were as, like, highly celebrated occasions as they are now. Well, you and Will would love that. Yeah, so let's talk about Will. Will... Let's talk about Tess. (laughs) I want to talk about Will. No, we have to talk about you. Okay, so I hate my birthday. Just like Will. It's just, I've never, like, really had, like, a properly good birthday. The last couple have been okay. Uh Uh-huh. You haven't gotten peed on by anyone, unlike Will Truman. Not on my birthday. Yeah. In you got peed on on different occasions? I did get peed on on Halloween in 2009. When? Why? Uh, because I was on State Street in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, right. And uh, a boy in my German class who was dressed like Michael Phelps and I were waiting in line for the bathroom. And he was so drunk, he just whipped his dick out and pissed on my shoes. Wow. What a Michael Phelps move that is. Indeed. <laughs> but I, I do think it's kind of funny that this episode feels very similar where, like, you are Will, and you hate your birthday. Uh-huh. And I am Grace, and I'm like, I'm going to make it a very good birthday. Or else! Yes. That's sort of... I've had birthdays where you've done that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've had birthdays where you and someone else have teamed up to try and do that for me, and then it's just completely backfired, and I've been, like, crying and suicidal on the couch, and it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Good times. 24 was fun. So what you're saying is that you are not appreciative of my efforts to make you happy. What I'm saying is that there was a time in my mid-20s when I considered becoming a Jehovah's Witness, so I'd have an excuse not to celebrate my birthday anymore. And now you're in your late 20s, and you love your birthday. No. But you don't want to be a Jehovah's Witness. No. That's I good. I don't so want to be a that's Jehovah's progress. Witness. So the, the problem with this episode, as suggested by the title, is that uh, obviously with it being uh, his first birthday with Vince, Will really wants it to go well, and he thinks it will go well because Vince is going to get him a good gift. Yes. And so Grace, being herself, really takes it upon herself to, like, micromanage the hell out of the situation uh-huh. for no reason. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. That's exactly what happened. Um, so she goes to Vince. Well, goes to Vince is kind of a... Goes to Vince is a loose term here, meaning stalks Vince through a mall. Right. And poses as a mannequin eating a french fry yes which i thought was a bold choice it is a bold choice vince is just dumb enough to think oh that mannequin's eating a french fry cool uh-huh um but what we discover is that uh vince is not thinking of giving will any of the gifts that he's been looking at he's thinking of giving will a key to his apartment Ooh, key to my apartment. very romantic very something <laughs> Uh, Tess and I had a bit of disagreement about this point, unfortunately. Yeah, so, like, here's the thing, is that I actually, so, to back up, so Grace finds this out from Vince, and she's like, oh, no, no, you cannot, you cannot just give Will a key to your apartment, that's a terrible gift, and I, I agree with her on some level. It's not that I think that inherently giving someone a key to their apartment as like a let's be together and you can enter my home at your leisure is a bad thing. I just think that if that's the only gift you give someone, that's kind of like a shitty gift. I feel a slight great, slightly greater affinity to your point, having seen that this was at a party situation. Right, because it's at a party. Like, if it was, like, a private thing, like, this year, like, my girlfriend wrote me a fanfic for my birthday, and that was really sweet and very nice. But if she had given me that fanfic in front of my mother, I would have been pissed. Right. You know, like, you have to, you, when it's in a public setting, you have to give something a little tiny bit more performative. And, see, now we're back at the part of the episode where you have become Grace again and I have become Will again. Yes. And Didn't all take is very long. all is right with the world. It was a very weird ten minutes. It was. It was tough for us. I don't. I think we didn't know what to what to do or how to handle it. Um, but I I totally agree that like obviously there's a performative element of giving a gift, and I also did not raise this point when we were watching the episode. But I do think six months is a tiny bit too early for grownups to give each other keys to their apartment. I'm... But maybe I. But maybe I'm thinking about that the wrong way. Maybe I'm not quite at the level of being grown up that they're at. I'm... I think one thing that I have realized since becoming an actual quote-unquote grown-up is that putting, like, arbitrary timelines on relationship milestones don't really make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, I remember back in high school, it was like, oh, you had to be together for at least a year before you had sex, otherwise you're a big old whore. (laughs) And now I'm just like, wait, that's stupid, and that's that's just patriarchy. And so, like, ultimately... Are you sure you just are more desperate to have sex now? No. Okay, just checking. See, I think with the key, too, like, there's a certain level of, like, 
it depends on how often you're encountering each other in situations where the other person's not there. You know, yeah. like if you're never going over to your partner's house when they're not there, you don't really need a key to the apartment. But if you're regularly like dropping by and waiting for them or like they're going to work and you're staying at the apartment. Right. If there are situations where you're leaving before or after them or whatever, that might necessitate a key. That makes sense. Right. But I guess also for me, it depends on what the key signifies. Sure. If the key signifies you can come and go into my space whenever you please. That, I think, is a perfect, like, relatively new, but we're getting serious gift. Mm -hmm. Versus if the key is, here is the key to my place, and I expect that you will move in with me, Mm. that is a little too much, that's not what I think Vince is going for. And I think he's going for more of the first option, where Mm -hmm. it's like, you're welcome to come and go in in my space. In my space. Sorry, I don't know why I made Vince like a leprechaun there. (laughs) But, like, you're welcome to come and go as you please in my space, and you're Mm -hmm. welcome to stay when I'm not there and enter if I'm not home um, because I want it to be, like, a space where we can both coexist. I think that that's a sweet gift, but, again, it's in a party situation, so I don't think that that's an appropriate gift on its own. While we're talking about this out loud, I'm realizing it would be very weird to come home and have someone I was sleeping with be there when I wasn't there, but I think that's just a sign that I haven't gotten to that point of a relationship yet. Yeah. Like, that it feels... I mean, I guess part of it, too, is that I live with you, so I feel like in our situation, like, you would need to give the key as a gift. Like, I'm giving you permission to show up when Matthew's not here. But, like, actually, though, I think if <laughs> but, you... But, like, really. If like, you, like, cohabitate with someone, you have to clear I'm, with I'm the I'm sorry, other I can't give you a key to my apartment, new boyfriend. Tess has to has, You have has to, to go that. through my you approval have to, process. You have to go through my that live-in said, secretary. That being said, and, like, I don't really think we should be discussing this on mic, but, like, we got to talk about Rose. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> weird. Um, there was another thing I was going to share about keys that I thought would be kind of funny. Was it about that time that you house sat for your ex-boyfriend and so you had a key to his apartment, but then you had to give it back? Oh, yeah, that was so weird! <laughs> That was so weird. And that was, like, really late in our relationship, right? Wasn't it, it like, was eight like, months? It was, like, six months after. It was, like, six months before you broke up. So you'd been dating for almost a like, year. Like, Wait, what? No. No, that's completely math. bad math. That's completely wrong. No, no, I'm thinking, I'm sorry. I'm mixing up February and the summer when he was out of town. Yeah. You had a key during both moments. Did but, I have a key in the summer? Yes, you had to get his mail, remember? He had most of it forwarded, but, but you then had he to wanted check. me to check it. Yeah, but he wasn't there. But then I had to give the key back. Well, that time it made more sense because I was like gonna break up with him. But right. But the first time it was weird. Didn't he tell you he loved you like three months before you broke up? Yeah. Did he say that? Yeah, because at that point it had been too long, and it was it was like uncomfortable then. Like we missed the window where it was like a natural like thing to say, and like slipped into the like we both sort of feel this, but we're both like completely repressed and have no way of expressing our feelings so like you know what a mess i just sort of want to like lock you in a laboratory with like a psychiatrist and just have them observe you for a little while like like by the time we like by the time we were like actively saying it it was kind of like i think this is true right and then like objectively it was like the bell curve had come around it was like on the way to not being true Uh uh-huh just a complete mess because this was after you had used that key to get his mail to break into his apartment and give him a bunch of origami handfuls of flowers for valentine's day no i just left those on the step you didn't go into the i didn't go into the apartment i didn't have a key on that occasion somehow that's weirder that he ditched me for valentine's day and that's not important none of these things are important none of these things are important Um, we were talking about keys and whether or not they're a good present. I think we've come down on no, actually. I think we've come down on keys are not a good present. The gesture is good, 
the present might be good in a private setting if there were extenuating circumstances, but ultimately I think it would have made a better present if he'd gotten him the wallet and then put the key inside. Now, completely invalidating that entire point, I think in this episode when Grace tells Vince not to give Will the key, she is 182% completely wrong. She is completely wrong, and it's because here's the reason. Here's the problem. It's that Grace, I think Grace understands that the key as a gift doesn't work because of the lack of performative element. But she can't articulate that because she's a television character. So instead, she comes down on the, I know Will better than you, and trust me, he would hate this. Right. And I think it's interesting that the show particularly pins on that because most of the time, Grace does know Will better than other people. Uh And I think it says a lot, and this is kind of jumping forward a little bit in what we want to talk about this episode. I think it says a lot about Vince as a partner for Will that Will and Vince do understand each other on a different level than Grace is accustomed to. Yeah. And I mean, I think you can kind of infer from Grace's reaction that a lot of this may just be her uncertainty in her own romantic life. And so she's not okay yet with Will being at a let's give each other keys to our apartment's sure. place with a partner. Kind of hypocritical because she has her own place in Brooklyn, technically. Still. Well, I mean, her ex-husband lives there. Well... But I suppose... We all have our problems with our apartments. <laughs> but, like, yeah. So, like, I could understand... I could have even understood if she had convinced Vince not to get... <laughs> convinced Vince, sorry. <laughs> if she had convinced Vince not to give the key and then, you know, backtracked and apologized and explained that it was more to do with her own baggage about the possibility of losing Will after... Right, but that would require Grace to apologize for her own actions. That's not going to happen. No, she literally tries to fake cry to get out of apologizing three times in this episode. I thought the last time was especially bold. I agree. I also thought she was really crying then, so I was fooled. She does a good fake cry. She does a good fake cry. Um, But I, I think it's fascinating that she just completely biffs this one. Oh yeah, she just totally fucks up. And, and... And then fucks up, like, over and over again, too. Right. So, basically, we sort of see, like, this tension with her and Vince where they're both kind of vying for, like, no, 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 I know him better. No, I know him better. And ultimately, the episode seems to come down on the fact that, like, when it came to this particular situation, they both had certain elements right, but ultimately Vince won out. Right. And that's something that they're very much so not accustomed to in this relationship. And even Will is, like, a little baffled by this. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's great, too, because you can kind of see how Vince might have actually given the key at the very end. Because at, at first he gives Will a wallet, mm-hmm. and then Will is, like, expecting a key because Grace blew it yeah, and told him. because Grace is terrible at secrets, and she's like, oh, you're going to hate it. It's a key to his apartment. And Will's like, love, romance, I'm right. a lesbian. Right. See, and that was another area where, like, the episode, like, snapped back into place where uh-huh. it normally would. Yes. Um, But then, like, she, like... Yells at Vince and tells him to bring the key by anyways when he's done with a homicide or some nonsense. Yeah, and so then and she, so he just what does he what does he say? He's like, like, I rehearsed this. Here's the key to my apartment. I'd like you to have it or something yeah. like very basic and boilerplate. Something that did not need to be rehearsed at all. And did not like express that he had feelings. And it's especially made worse by the fact that Grace comes back. She's like, It's okay. I settled it. I convinced him to give you the key. And Will's like. You had to convince him? She's like, well, only because I convinced him not to give you the key. Right. <laughs> and she just, like, keeps making it worse for herself. God, she's just, just so dumb this week. I love it. She's just digging herself a deeper and deeper hole. Um, and ultimately, uh, he, Will gets the key and it's fine, but the party is very much I mean, so a flaw. We're never going to see Will and Vince's apartment anyways because it's not that kind of show. 
Yeah. You I'm, know, I I'm wish sh- it was, to be honest, but I'm like. I'm pretty sure that we see. No, no, I can't actually say that. We see some place where Vince has lived at some point, but I'm thinking about it and it might be his parents' house. Mm. That makes sense. Because I'm recalling there being tchotchkes, and I don't know that Vince is an especially tchotchke habit type of person. You gotta love a good tchotchke. I do love a good just, tchotchke, but I, you know who I don't love? Violet tchotchke. Oh, yeah. Well, I think Violet tchotchke is improving with age, you know, because she's not, like, 22 anymore. She's just horrible on Drag Race. Anyways. Moving that was, on. That season was a disaster. We won't go into it. Um, I think that this kind of ties into the other really big thing I wanted to talk about this week, which was that... I just love how well Will, Grace, and Vince work together. Yeah. It makes me upset that, like, the show will both will never because this takes place in the past and it never happened. But also, like, the structure of the show makes it so that they will never permanently introduce Vince to the rest of the cast. Yeah, and that's kind of a bummer because it's sort of like, you know those few, very, very few glorious episodes when Leo actually worked as a character? And you're sort of like, oh, I'm glad he's here. Yeah. But that's how it is when Vince is on screen, like, all of the time. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's ever been an episode where I've been like, ugh, Vince, that didn't work for me. Yeah. He very rarely works badly. And so it is very frustrating that he's always a guest star. Yeah. Always a guest star, never a star. And I think there's a lot of, like, I could go off on a 30-minute episode just on this about, like, conflicting reasons why in television you don't have this scenario where you have a core cast that gets added and subtracted to over time. Mm-hmm. Um main points of my thesis include Cousin Oliver, uh, contract disputes, uh, the WGA, fan backlash culture. I'm just listing things at this point. But they're all relevant. Like, Mm -hmm. TV shows, especially comedies, set their cast, and they don't get rid of it unless there's a problem. It's sort of like a set it and forget it, but for TV. But it's not, like, it's always been like that. I mean, like, you think about Cheers, which, like, very famously, like, rotated through key characters. Yeah. Like, and you think about, like... The romantic interest on Cheers changed multiple times because characters left and were added to the sure. show. And, like, you think about, like, cop dramas or, like, hospital dramas. Like, those are shows that are almost built on the idea that characters will rotate in and out, but the setting remains the same. Mm-hmm. Or and, Olivia Benson. Well, okay. Olivia Benson slash the setting. Um <laughs> And I Olivia added, Benson is the setting. Obviously, the comedy is in the characters, but I feel like it's weird that there hasn't been a show. You know, you know what example I can only think of hmm. is Community, mm. and I think Community only rotated characters for like bad behind the scenes reasons. Mm. But like, that's the only show I can think of where like the main cast changed on a regular basis, hmm. and like if someone was introduced, there was a legitimate chance that they could become a main character at some point. Sure. Whereas with, like, Will and Grace, like, you get these characters that are great, and you know that nothing really concrete is ever going to happen with them. Right. And then also sometimes you get recurring characters who kind of suck. Yeah. Like, Joe and Larry were in this episode, and this week they did not suck. They were... But they kind of sucked. They they just... They didn't suck as bad as normal. Yes. Because they had a lot of, like, shifty and shady things to say about (laughs) everyone else. Um, All deserved. Just being like, ugh, I can't believe we have to keep complimenting Will. Ugh, I can't believe we have to keep pretending Vince is funny. Ugh, Grace is so needy. But they're completely unnecessary. Like, they don't bring anything to the show that Karen and Jack don't bring. Mm -hmm. Like, Jack this week was fantastic because he had a lot of one-liners that weren't relegated to the Wonder Twins. Yes. Um, 
and Karen was awful this week because all the things that she would normally say were relegated to the Wonder Twins. Yeah, and instead they gave her this weird, like, sort of, like, not even half a plot, like a quarter of a plot, where she realizes that Stan and Will have the same birthday. And then the show completely misses the obvious punchline that clearly they shouldn't have the same birthday, uh-huh. and Karen just has been celebrating the wrong day. Yeah, but instead she declares it Stanley Walker Day, and then, like, takes the Wonder Twins out on her chopper to Atlantic City. Yeah, like, what? you know what, whatever. I, whatever. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, you get these recurring characters who come in and are completely useless, but they still end up with more screen time than these characters who should genuinely be part of the ensemble. Right. Because they recur over the course of an entire show, whereas, like, the show burns through these, like, really critical characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I know that from our perspective in the future, Will and Grace does not have a lot of time left on its original run clock. Mm-hmm. But, like... Imagine how revitalizing it could be for that show if it was willing to embrace, like, its main characters, like, willing to embrace this, like, gay cop character as a new dynamic. Sure. You know, introduce some long-term characters. I mean, look at the current season with the revival. I mean, I think we all have a lot of issues with some of the plot points of the revival this season. Mm -hmm. But the fact that um, Stefan and, to a lesser extent, McCoy are real characters on the show. Yeah is really helping. And again, it's the last season, so we know that they're probably going to be on for the run of the show because there's only one season left. Right. But they're bringing a new dynamic to the characters Mm -hmm. in a way that we don't really see all that much. Yeah, and they work, and they don't take anything away from the characters, and it doesn't take away any of the screen time. It Mm -hmm. just gives them a little bit more time to breathe in their own plot. Like, one of my favorite plots so far from the revival has been the Estefan and Jack plot from episode one of right. the of this season with them going down the trash chute mm-hmm. and arguing over the share doll. Like, so beautiful. It was beautiful because we got to see a new side of Jack, which is him embracing what it means to be a married adult, mm-hmm. which is not how we've normally seen him. Yep. And we also get to see his very weird Brazilian question mark <laughs> husband, Estefan, played by National Treasure Brian Jordan Alvarez. Who I'm, I love and adore, and would really be just so thrilled if he followed me on Twitter. No one's real <laughs> at the real Spiffin. <laughs> Follow me, Brian Jordan Alvarez. I love you in Kid of Gallo. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I don't know what I want out of the show because it's too late in every way. Too late. We can't change it. But I just, it's just how it is. I want people to watch. I want people to listen to our podcast specifically and say, "I'm going to grow up and I'm going to make a TV show where." the cast changes dynamically and it's like important to the plot that the cast changes dynamically. Mm-hmm. Cause like you think about like groups of friends obviously should change over time. Wait, people have groups of friends. Okay. In scenarios where people have groups of friends, but like you think about like how I met your mother. Like again, it's, it's another show where like, it's kind of weird that like that core five stayed together and like other characters comment on how weird that is. Yeah, it is weird, especially because the show does sort of like try and deal with the unrealistic part Mm -hmm. of that a few times. Like they send Robin off to get a job in Japan for a little while. And like sometimes folks aren't speaking because they've recently broke up because like in real life, when you date inside your friend group, when you break up, the friend group breaks up. But like, I just think that's why I don't have any friends anymore because I dated all of that. I think about like the marketing opportunities of like, so-and-so joins the cast of How I Met Your Mother, you know, or, mm-hmm. or this or that. Um, the other show that I thought of that does it, which isn't really considered a comedy for a lot of reasons. Well, it is, but it isn't. Is Girls. Uh, Girls yeah. does a really good job of taking its core four uh-huh. and 
Mixing it up. And mixing it up. And the and characters are added to the show and come out of the show. Mm-hmm. I think that part of the reason that it works on girls is partially because of the dramedy element. Sure. Um, there are some dramatic plots. Um, but also partially because the supporting characters are always very fleshed out for supporting mm-hmm. characters, which is, trust me, the biggest compliment I can give to Lena Dunham Um her sure. writing entirely because I think Hannah as a character is not terribly fleshed out mm-hmm. and it's kind of my frustration with the show a lot of the time. Sure. Um, but like, you know, characters like Ray and Charlie and uh, Adam are oftentimes as fleshed out, if not more so, than our core four. So sometimes they're more interesting to watch and they get their own little side quests and adventures together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when people are added or subtracted for whatever reasons, it does, it doesn't feel unnatural. It feels very much so like that's just how we're telling this story. Well, and the really great example that I love is in the last season where, uh, Shoshana just like completely drops out of the narrative at yeah. one point. And then like she shows up in what, like the second or third last episode and is like, it's my engagement party. Yeah. And like, it's, it's telling such a dynamic version of that friends on a tv show story because like this character completely dropped out of the narrative and built herself a totally different life while these other characters weren't paying attention yeah and then the other characters are like bitter about the fact that they weren't like invited to this engagement party and she completely calls them on it like you have not been involved in my life like hannah is spoiler it's been two years now so everybody get over it she's pregnant at this point right which is again a choice that i'm not sure i agree with the show making but whatever not important right here's the thing So she has a pregnancy and does not interact with Shoshana about it at all and then is unfairly upset when Shoshana doesn't invite her into a big life event of her own. Right. And it's just, it's a beautiful commentary on how actual friend groups like drift and move Mm -hmm. apart and how sometimes you just find yourself in completely like perpendicular places and you aren't at the crossroad anymore. Sure. And so it totally makes sense for that show to have that sort of ebbing and flowing cast. Mm-hmm. But on this show, to circle back to Will and Grace. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. This thing we're talking about. I don't know that it would work, but I think that it could work by addition versus by addition and subtraction. Yes, I don't think subtraction works. I don't think it would work if people, like, because we, as we saw from last season, when Grace drops out of a narrative for several episodes, the mm-hmm. show suffers. But I think... There's definitely something that the show is always kind of tapping into with Will and Grace in particular, where whenever one of them has a long-standing partner, it changes their dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think the reason, well, there's two reasons it works better when it's, it's Will. One is because the people that the show chooses to pair Grace with are always misogynistic assholes. Yeah, I don't know why they keep making that choice. But unrelated to that, really weird choice they keep making over and over again, mm-hmm. even with several years of hindsight. Um... I think that Will, Grace is always so willing to completely jettison Will for her partner. Yeah. Whereas Will, I feel like, is always willing to live in that tension. Yeah. And I think that is a stronger dynamic for a show to work with. And I think that's why Vince works really well with him and Grace. Mm -hmm. I think it's why McCoy has worked really well in the revival. Sure. Um, I think Will was dating someone between those two people who I've now forgotten, other than Ben Platt. All I can think of is Ben Platt. He briefly gets back together with Michael. Yeah, that's a mistake. But that was a mistake. That doesn't count. Um, but yeah, he sort of, um... Like, I think there's, I think there's dramatic and comedic potential in that, 
yeah. menage a trois, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because you have that... Uh, I mean... Will is never the central character on this show for a lot of bad reasons. And mm-hmm. I feel like that would go a long way to making him, at least temporarily, slightly more of a central character. Mm-hmm. Because then he's at a pivot point between Grace, his longtime platonic partner, and X, his new romantic partner. Yeah. And if that person was added to the cast in a really real way and interacted with the other characters and had, like, a series regular agreements, I don't know. I should just write my own TV show. I think you should just write this your is own my, TV show. This is the solution. This seems like a Matthew problem. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a Matthew problem. It is an overall arching TV problem. Yeah. And I mean, I think inherent in that is also this concept that heterosexual people, especially women, must jettison all of their important life goals and mm-hmm. friends in efforts to better please their heterosexual male partner. Because that's what Leo even says in the revival, right? Like yeah. When we, we get kind of a dissection of why both relationships die, and Leo, years later, is still like, yeah, it was your relationship with Will. That was what sunk us. And it's just sort of like, get fucking over it, buddy. You cheated on her. Yeah. And I, I don't remember what the reason they actually give for why Will and Vince have separated, but it's not nearly as blamey. I think it's no. just they grow apart. I think it's just that they were together for a long time and they grow apart. And mm-hmm. like as much as it's fun to watch them in the new stages of their relationship, that like at least feels satisfying as yes. like a reason why it didn't work out between them. Like I love I love, love, love Vince to death. But also I can imagine how dating him is sort of like dating slightly smarter Jack with a gun. And I can see how after a couple years that might get old slash feel dangerous. Sorry, I'm just like now imagining it's like the difference between dating a golden retriever and dating a golden retriever with a gun. A golden retriever with a gun. I was gonna say like one of those service dogs, but like but like the ones that like didn't quite pass service dog school. So like they know how to like open doors and shit, but they don't listen to commands very well. So they just like have a mind of their own. And they have a gun. And they have a gun. <laughs> Join us next week for our new ep- our new television series, Golden Retriever, with a gun. Sponsored by the NRFA. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> That's it. That's a wrap. The show's over. This Go is, home. This is the end of the podcast. I'm sorry, everyone. We're not doing this anymore. All right, Seth. If we can pull it together... And we'll say there are any more episodes. Where can people find out about that on social media? Okay. You can find us on our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show. But you can also find us on Facebook and on Tumblr. We have an email address. We are notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. And you can also listen to the show, which I'm sure you figured out because you're currently listening to it, on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) I'm going to go drown myself now. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, We'll call it an episode, right? Keep it together. Um, All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us this week. We will be back next week with more Will and Grace. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Not a couple is recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Liza. Thanks for listening. This week's episode was sponsored by the hit new show, Golden Retrievers with Guns. On next week's episode, a search and rescue mission turns deadly when it turns out that Lassie has an AK-47.